I was born for his service He filled me with purpose Take your time while you worship him I'm unplugged from the matrix Believe without seeing I'm plugged into the matrix The Daily Perspective Welcome to another episode of the Daily Perspective Podcast I'm your host Mr. Daily And we want to welcome you to episode 5 of this podcast We are talking about forgiveness today So again, linked to purpose um, One of the key things that holds us back in life When um, when we're walking towards our purpose Is is holding on to things um, my, I'm looking at my co-host because I, I know I know he's already talked on a topic about like this uh, about emotional hoarding. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, so this yeah, this, yeah. this topic is kind of expands on that. It's called I can't forgive myself. Um, so that's the, that's the plan for today. So I just want to give a shout out to everyone that's listening on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts. Um, Google Podcast, wherever you may be listening, thank you for listening. And um, for people who are watching us on YouTube, I'm starting to see uh, the numbers going up on the people who are viewing the, the, the YouTube video. So, okay, you, you guys are making me a bit more conscious now that I'm filming. Now that we're filming these, because I, I'm, I'm looking at my posture, I'm looking at how I'm sat, trying to trying to look all professional and stuff. So. You, got, you got you got your good shirt on today. I got my good shirt. On. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So as you can see, I am joined by my co-host, Doctor <laughs> Terence Johnson. Give it up for Doctor Johnson, y'all. <laughs> oh, oh boy. He- you go. <laughs> thank you for the welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh man, Terrence, how are you doing today, bro? I'm I'm good. How about yourself? I am good. I'm good. I'm excited. So again, most people will not know we do continue to converse outside of this podcast. So right, right. Um, I am a big fan of what Terrence and the rest of the crew are doing over at iProgress. I join their lives um, twice a week if I can, Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm on at least one a week. But the last two, oh my days. People, people, people. If you have a Facebook account, find Terrence on Facebook, (laughs) connect Uh to the group, and put yourself on those lives because the the last two, mm-hmm. ooh, <laughs> yeah, we, so good they make you want to slap your mama. Yeah, <laughs> you know we 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 had to put the collection plate out after so Yeah, no, they they have been on fire the last two, and um just the one yesterday about uh, birthing your purpose mm. an amazing amazing um, conversation there was so it was like you you needed a basket to catch all the gems that were being dropped because it was just one after the other just yeah. 
I'm like, yeah. I can't, I can't take all of this. This is, this is too much for me. It, it, it was. It, it just moved mm. fast. I mean, even being on in, in the discussion and how everybody had a different angle and piece to it, it just. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just, yeah. We're, we're in awe and we're the one that's talking on screen and we have to just sit back and like this, man, this something. And, it, and you know, it just goes with the theme of kind of what we're talking about. You know, it's, it's a God thing. It's not really us. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. We're just kind of being obedient what God wants us to share with people. And we just share our heart with people and it connects. So, yeah. And, and you know, it's a blessing. I think for me, I, I love the fact that, um, uh, and we're, we're going to get onto this as we, as we start to talk about today's topic, mm-hmm. but mm. what you said there, because you, you're starting early, you, you know, you, you just, I see you reaching, reaching your, your arms out for the ball, you're like, pass me the rock. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you, said, you, you said it's a God thing, not an us mm-hmm. thing. And that mm-hmm. is such an important thing when it comes to fulfilling your purpose and walking in your purpose. Yeah. Learning to take yourself out of the equation mm-hmm. and, you know, letting the maths balance because there's no you in that equation anymore. It is all God. Right. It makes the equation balance a lot better than, than it does when you, when you try and sit in there. Right. It's such an important part of everything that we've we've talked about um we tend to be the ones that can't fathom the big picture we can't fathom our our own purpose we can't sometimes we can't see it sometimes we we are too scared of the size it was like uh jeffrey said yesterday about the Mm -hmm. size of the of of the purpose that you have to birth sometimes we are afraid of the size of that thing that we have to birth. And, and because of the size of it, we get scared and we, we do what we talked about before. We bury it. So last week on, on, on when we talked about the graveyard of talent, we talked about how you bury your, your talents. It is just that, um, it's just that same thing. Sorry, no, that was not last week. That was the week before. The, the week before yeah. we talked about the, the graveyard of talent. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so, but sometimes we take that and we, we bury that because it's too big for us to imagine. But that's why we got to take ourselves out of it so that it's just all God. Because when we leave that to, to God and, and we say, you know what, God, this looks big, but you're bigger. That fear goes away. That you know that that we just it, we erode that fear, and we tear it down, and we break down the fear, and all that is left is God and God in our purpose. And when we do that, it makes it far more approachable. It makes it easier to handle because we know that it's not in our own strength, but through God's strength that we can achieve that purpose. So. Yeah, you you you're getting us started already. We just warming up. We warming up. Yeah, yeah, we want we look, we want look, we in shoot arounds. We just warming yeah. up. We, we still got the, the sweatpants <laughs> But oh. so, so I was gonna say this. So I'm a I'm gonna make a point to what you just said to link to what you said, but then I'm gonna move it and shift it into what we're talking to today. Okay. So I'm gonna, 
I'm a I'm a connect and then pivot. Okay, so, cool. What you were just talking about, and so Jeffrey has sent us a sermon uh right after the live yesterday. And so a lot of stuff we were talking about is in this sermon. So TDJ has a sermon called Bigger Than Me. Just watch. I'm not gonna unpack it because it's gonna okay. take us up. But just watch it. If you like what we talked about Monday, it's gonna confirm a lot of that in this sermon. Okay. Um, but also kind of what you were saying about bearing and kind of keeping those things hidden, that's exactly how we do with forgiveness or forgiving ourselves. Mm. So as we start to go into the topic today and one description and that's what we do for prep me and david we send each other scriptures that we kind of want to wrap the the discussion around yeah and so i sent uh genesis 3 6 through i think it was 6 through 8 but i think i went 6 through 10 but it's about you know adam and eve and they eat of the tree of knowledge and then they discover that they're naked yeah uh after the after what they did and and so i what i did i started picking words out of that out of those verses that were significant and so one of the things that stuck out and i never thought about it this way was you know everything they had everything provided for them they had yeah. all the food and everything they needed but they wanted to get something that was supposed to be off limits for them. Yeah. So if we were getting all our nourishment from a particular guy would provide everything we needed and we wanted something to make us feel like we were on par with him. That's then when we choose that. Cause because another another word for food is provision. Yeah. So they were in the place where everything was provided for them and they wanted another level of provision that they thought oh once i get that me and god gonna be on the same level and there it is there it is yeah okay okay i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna let you go okay so then thinking about unforgiveness or not forgiving ourselves then we start to cut ourselves off from the provision that God gives us as far as his grace and mercy for us. So the same provision that he gave in the Garden of Eden is the same provision he gives to us now because he died for our sins. So whatever we did, have done, will do has been covered. But if we don't see God as being that in that role of provision that we feel that we must provide for ourselves, even our own forgiveness. Okay, yeah. I'll let you go because I know oh. you. Gotta, I know. Yeah, oh. I just sent you up. I just added you. you, 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 just, you oh man! So come on. <laughs> so the I know we called the topic. I can't forgive myself. Right. I think when I start when we first took when we first approached this. Right, right, right. We looked at it from a point of self-forgiveness. Right. But as we studied the scriptures and as we bounced the scriptures, it was interesting because 
the scriptures we both passed back and forth, mm-hmm. nothing, there was, it was nothing about forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. It was all about accepting God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we struggle to f- forgive ourselves right. is because of something you said right there. Mm-hmm. There is this, because of our sinful nature, because of that innate sinful nature, we have this desire to bring ourselves on level pegging with God. Mm-hmm. Just we want to be the God in our own lives. We don't want right. to relinquish control. We want mm-hmm. to be the one that's caused the shots. It's, it's, it's back to like, it's like that nineties hip hop thing where guys, people were referring to I am God. They, they refer to themselves as God because they want it to be um, all, in, all encompassing of, of, of all things. I am the master of my own destiny. I am this and all. And, you know, that was where the things like the law of attraction and all those different new age theories were born out of this concept that you can be God in your own situation. The fact of the matter is that God is God and you were created by God. You, your true position is in service to God and the frustration of not being able to, the reason, and we're going to get there, but the reason you cannot, you know, it's not about not being able to forgive yourself. I relook at that title and it, it's not a statement of um, failure. It is a statement of fact. You cannot forgive yourself. I cannot forgive myself. I do not have the authority or the power to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I would be, ele- in order for me to do that, I must... I have to elevate myself and it comes back to that definition and just looking, um, when you look at it, it's about a position. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting excited here, Terrence, but <laughs> I know, I know. I, I hear you. Go, look, go ahead. I'm gonna, I told you, I'm going to let you burn up. <laughs> it's, a, it's about position because there are two positions here. You are either the one forgiving or the one being forgiven. Mm-hmm. The Bible okay, teaches hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> say, say it again. Say it again. What you just said. Okay, say so again, you are either the one uh-huh. in the position forgiving someone, mm-hmm. or the one in the position of being forgiven. Okay. And I'm, I want to connect it to something that you've always said. And mm-hmm. see, now I'm, I'm becoming I'm becoming a, an advocate of your of your of your <laughs> principles, but. In order to be, um, it's about positioning. It's about pivoting. Mm -hmm. So in order to be forgiven, you have to put yourself in the position to be forgiven. You have to put yourself in the posture to be forgiven. When the Bible talks about people seeking forgiveness from God, they took a posture of of needing forgiveness. They put on Mm -hmm. sackcloth. They put on... They put ashes on their heads and they bowed themselves and they remained in this posture 
as a symbolic means of, of, of showing that of their contrite heart and willingness to be forgiven by God. So it's about positioning. It's about pivoting. What, where are you pivoting yourself? Are you pivoting yourself to, for, to receive forgiveness? But in order to receive forgiveness, the Bible says that we have to give forgiveness. So are you positioned in that way, ready to forgive when someone does wrong to you so that you can receive the forgiveness that you so desperately need? So uh, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to pull back. Because <laughs> I'll, cause I'll cause look, you can make some dash for me. Okay. So, okay, you think about posture, right? Most times people have issue with their posture. I used to have issue with, with my posture. We've talked about it yeah. too. Uh, because if you're accustomed to having a certain posture, it's harder to correct that posture. Yeah. And to correct your posture, you have to understand that whatever posture you used to have wasn't the correct one to begin with. So if my posture, and when I look in what you were saying, posture forgiveness, you know, it's a it's a humble position because mm. if I'm operating in forgiveness, I have to posture myself that way. But if my posture is not right, then I can't forgive because I can't forgive in a high place or high, from yeah. a high posture. So I can't ask for something that my body is not conveying. Yeah. So it's it's like when people say like, oh, I'm happy. And then they, you don't see that on their face. A lot of times people like, well, I forgive you. And my face is mirroring that what my word yeah. and not congruent. So it's like what I'm saying and what my body is saying, my body is always going to be honest. Yes. Yeah. No matter what, I can try and contain it and hold it. And I try and make words come out my my mouth that might contradict it. But if you really in tune to people, their body will yeah. tell always them communicate the truth. On. Yeah. Was all so then I was thinking about the scripture. Uh, you know, my people that they uh they're called by my name, they humble themselves and pray, you know, and turn their you know, yeah, turn their face to me. So when I looked at humble, I looked at different words for humble. A lot of times, especially in our, our times now, we don't like to be called humble. Or being humble is not popular. You should be yeah. confident. You should be all about yourself and promoting yourself and your branding and all that type of thing. But one of the synonyms for humble was chastening. So if I'm humble, that means I have certain principles around me that chasten me from doing things that I probably wouldn't. Mm. So if I'm in a in a posture of forgiveness, I've chastened myself to not react how I would want to, but by how God would want me to react. Because right. I understand that the way he forgives me is how I should forgive other people. So if I don't know how to forgive, that's because I haven't had a posture to reflect what I need to forgive myself for right if that makes sense yeah no i get it i get it but say it again for the people 
Huh? Say, say it again for the people. Let, let, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So like, my 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 ability to forgive myself has a lot to do with how I can forgive others and my posture. And so, if my if I don't have a posture of forgiveness to others, I can't have the same posture for me. Yeah. Because I model what I know. Yeah, I don't know that for myself. How can I model forgiveness to somebody else? Yeah, yeah. So if you and don't, how can God for, yeah, and how can God yeah. forgive me if I haven't forgiven myself? Okay, go. yeah. If you can't put yourself in alignment with God mm-hmm. to receive His forgiveness, mm-hmm. and and I guess that's the key point there that we need to remember that we are forgiven. It's not a case of you need to go to God and ask for forgiveness because, and I'm kind of jumping ahead to one of my scriptures, but um, I, I, I picked the story of David after, mm-hmm. um, after he sinned with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Nathan came to him and said, and, and said, if a man, if a man sees this guy, this guy's got these, what was it? Was it uh, a calf or something? Or, uh, and he says, mm-hmm. um, and he sees that this poor man has just that one calf, but he has his whole herd and um, a guest comes to his house and then he goes and he takes that poor man's one calf and slaughters it to feed his guests. What should happen? And David goes nuts. He's like, oh man, he, sh- he, sh- he should be, Punished, he should be made to repay a hundred times for whatever. As a, and and then he's like, "Well, God says that that man is you." And David's taken aback by that. And then Nathan proceeds to expose what you know what David did in secret, and says, "God says because you have done this." And then um, David goes to proclaim that he is he's broke he's a broken heart and and wants right standing with god and nathan says god has forgiven you so before god even sent nathan to to david god had already forgiven david for his actions now that didn't mean that david was not going to be punished for his actions right but forgiveness had already taken place and that's that's the that's one thing that we seem to and and i guess it's because we are traditionally raised in in a legalistic view of um and a view of our relationship with god we are always given this well it's here are the ten commandments if you break the rules you need to go and ask for forgiveness. Whereas God says that Christ's blood was sacrificed for the forgiveness of many sins forevermore. That, that was it. It was a one-time deal. The blood was shed. And now you guys are forgiven past, present, future. There is no time banding to forgiveness. There, mm-hmm. it, you know, and forgiveness is one of those words that 
doesn't have a past or present meaning. You have to connect it with another word to give it a, um, a spatial context, to give it that, that time frame, to give it, to, to make it relevant to a certain period of time. You need a conjoining word. You need to conjoin it with another word. Mm-hmm. So we take, we need to appreciate that our forgiveness was already, it was already settled. The reason why we struggle to accept, so it's a case of our acceptance of our forgiveness, is because we have not conditioned ourselves to shift our posture to receive that, to to accept that forgiveness. So we push back against the forgiveness that, that, you know, we're being told, Go ahead, my son. You are forgiven. No, 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 God, but I did this. Did you see what I did? Did you see how bad that was? It was real bad, God. I, I, I can't be forgiven. And God is telling you, no, 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 you're good. You're forgiven. It's, it's been wiped. The slate is clean. And we constantly refuse to accept that. And we, we leave ourselves trapped in that. And, I, and I'll jump back. So... Romans 4, 1 to 8, it's t- it talks about um, righteousness through deed. So we believe in our minds that our righteousness comes from our deeds. But our righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. Everything we have is gifted to us by faith. So um, we accounted righteous by faith. There is nothing we can do to work for that. So in the same way, our forgiveness is a gift from God to us that has come freely. There is no deed that we can do to earn that forgiveness. And, but we constantly want to earn that forgiveness. We constantly in our minds believe that we need to earn that forgiveness, but no, it's done and dusted. Our forgiveness is ours. God has already done it. We just need to do like David did mm-hmm. put on the posture of forgiveness to receive and accept that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I got, I got two pieces of what you, what you said. So the first piece about like how it's hard to accept forgiveness or God's forgiveness for us. So, God sees us as the verb and not the noun. And what I mean by that is, so just with your uh, example of David, you know, as far as like womanizing, cheating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He saw his stuff as a cheat tour. Guys saw just him cheating, which he already knew he was going to do. Ooh. But, I take on the noun as the cheetor or the gambler or the liar or whatever else. Yeah. So that becomes my identity. That's why I can't forgive myself because I'm the thing, not the action. And that's why it's harder to undo that cycle of I'm condemning myself because I'm the thing that I did, not the action that I did. 
See, I'm smiling because I'm like, uh, Terrence is talking that I'm going to make him repeat the whole thing all over <laughs> Okay, look, what part you want me to repeat so I can remember what I said? The, the so this bit for me, this was, this was straight fire. So you said, I am the cheat. I'm seeing myself as the cheetor while God saw me cheating. You know that, or David saw you know David yeah. saw himself as the cheater. God saw him yeah. as the just cheating. Mm-hmm. We are not, you know, when we we are not the thing. The act is the thing. So break it down for them again. <laughs> give, give it to them. Again. <laughs> okay, okay. So I will go from. I will start from the beginning. Where I thought. So God sees us as the verb and not the noun. Yeah. So what? Ever condition that we have, you know, as far as sin, it is the action of the sin that we have to forgive, but we are not the actual event that's attached, that's attached to the sin. Right. So the other level to that is, you know, with sin, we it, it's harder for us to forgive ourselves because sin has so much weight to it. But if we are imperfect people, then sin is more of a reflection of our imperfections and Mm. not that we are not perfect. So if I'm clay and if God is shaping me and molding me on the potter's wheel, he's trying to get those imperfections out of me. Mm. He knows I have them. So he's molding them. He got, and so... My sin is actually pinpointing me places of improvement, not condemning. So if it's thing that I fought, you know, if it's sin that I'm just more drawn towards, that's an area, not necessarily a weakness, that's an area of improvement. Because yeah. we all have areas of improvement. So that's why then we could take something that's so dark and heavy and evil and all that. It's like, oh, that's an area I need to do better. I, yep. I cut that person out. I, you know, I'm guys still working on, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to do better. I, you know, so then we have a way to then go forward and I get stuck because a lot of times we get stuck in the thing that we feel like, Oh, I messed up in and now I'm that thing. Yeah. And so if it goes into just the verb of it, Oh, I was just, leaning more into that imperfection of mine. Let me let me try and position, like you were saying, have the posture of somebody that's now working on that. I messed up, so let me have a posture of forgiveness. Let me humble myself in that, because I know I was wrong. Okay. I'm not going to stand up like, mm, no, I did it. I don't care. I'm, my posture got to be right. So then I can now go to God and be, I'm humming like, Lord, I messed up. You know yeah. I messed up, but okay, okay, like, okay, I'm, I'm working, I'm working on it. He like, I know you working. Like, okay, <laughs> just, just help me, just help me, yeah. help me do better. And so it's it then like you went like you were talking about earlier, it then positions me in the right place with God. So we were talking about people that thinking they were God and all that kind of stuff. God has a certain authority. He has a throne. He has a throne that matches his authority. 
Yeah. If we place ourselves as the authority, then where is God's place for his grace and mercy? He can't extend it to us when we in the wrong role. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'm gonna let you go. Let you go. You go places. You're going places with this. So, um, when you know, as part of the research, I looked at the traditional psychological approach to um, forgive to self forgiveness, right. and um, everything I read talked about and and i guess and this is where i say that things the things that we get in the world Mm -hmm. are biblical concepts with god taken out of them right and us put back in the center so everything i read talked about you need to see yourself as a good person or so that way you can get past what you did and then you need to see that you are you are not your mistake and it comes back to and i agree with that you need to see that you're not your mistake but mm-hmm. you need christ to help you see that you are not your mistake because without christ you continually repeat that mistake you continue you know, that mistake becomes habit. That mistake becomes your lifestyle. That becomes your character. So eventually the, the verb can make you the noun because mm-hmm. you are not, you are not trying to change that behavior. You right. instead you take, sometimes we confuse forgiving forgiveness for justification so you and and i guess this is where there's a they they talk about narcissism so you can say i am not my mistake and i i am a good person so when i do that it's fine that i did that but that's not me that's just a slip up because i'm a good person and you start to use that i am a good person justification to cover all your imperfections. Mm-hmm. And therefore there is no need to work on yourself because there is a resolution that is that makes your actions acceptable in your own eyes. Yeah. And that is a again, it's a dangerous position to take because what you've done there is you've used one sin to cover the rest. And you and the sin that we, we go to is pride. We we come from a position of pride. We put we, mm-hmm. you know we put ourselves on a pedestal and that is the psychological teaching. Hey, look at yourself up here because that is you are this person, not the person down here that's doing the dirt. Actually, mm-hmm. no, you did the dirt, but that is not who you were created to be. Mm-hmm. And you need to connect back to the person that has that perfect blueprint and per- perfect picture of who you were created to be, to connect with who you were cre- your purpose and who you were created to be. So you no longer take the wrong route and you walk in a path. And sometimes you will slip up. Sometimes those imperfections will, will show, but 
you, as you say, using your analogy, you were yeah. still on the potter's wheel and you were still being molded. Those imperfections, God is like, oh, there it is again. Let me just, I'm going to smooth that one out right back there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're still mm-hmm. on that wheel. But we, with the way that we are taught to deal with forgiveness and, self, or, and this self-forgiveness, we are taught to elevate ourselves because we take God out of the picture. I, I can I can see right, the steam coming off of your head, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, I got I got a visual. I got a visual. Okay, so you talked about like label. A lot of times we put a label on ourselves based on our sin, right? Yeah. So, what if uh, we do that? So just just take for instance. You know, when we were kids and stuff, it was always like the shoes we wanted, and it was a knockoff version of that shoe. Mm. And you listen, so you know, growing up, everybody wanted Jordans. So you would have the original Jordans, and then you would have the knockoff Jordans, and then like the Jumpman sign would look a little different <laughs> or whatever, like that. Yeah. So <laughs> what people are doing when they when they operate from pride, they're saying. I'm detached from the label. So now I will put a, a fancier label on the sin to then justify it. Mm. Say like, oh look, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Look at look how look what I did. Look what yeah. I and so then that's our justification. It's like, oh, it's not that bad. We just, you know, change it up, put that right there. We change, you know, put a little color right there. And I, look, the shoe good. Like, don't you yeah. like it? Don't you like it? <laughs> and that's what we do when when we in our pride, because our pride doesn't want to allow us to one be vulnerable to people, but then two, it doesn't want us to be human. So we rob ourselves of really authentic connection with people too because as we become more vulnerable with people we understand the sin that i might have might be the sin that somebody else has gone through the same thing yeah but the very thing that i feel like was so nasty dirty whatever once it's revealed it can bring healing not only to myself but to the other person too and so i think that's the that's that's the whole aim of getting outside of your pride because your pride will only leave you standing by yourself. So you can be, you know, all knowing and all being and, you know, nobody knows more than you, but you stand alone. Mm-hmm. And because nobody can really connect with you if you're so high. How can I converse with you or just have conversations around what's really going on when you don't have an authentic sense because your perspective is from how can I color this? How can I attach something that's going to make it look better when I haven't really saw it the way it is? God can transform it that way, but I can't. If I do it, it's going to be a knockoff. But if he do it, he can make it because he already made it that way. I was trying to deform the thing that was perfect in his eyes 
and I, I've deformed it. So now I try to take my own stuff to make it better. And he's like, no, 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 I, I got it. I, Creative is what I do. I, I can do that. I, I've been doing it a long time. I, I, I yeah. create, let me do that. Let me let me yeah, shape you. Yeah. And you get out the way. Okay, now you, you go. Cause I, know I, was, go ahead. I was just thinking of something. How can you have real human connection mm-hmm. when you detach yourself from your humanity? Say it again. Say it. Say it again. again. So, how do you have real human connections Mm -hmm. when you detach yourself from your humanity? Because that posture of "I am here," "I am great," "I am good," that's not who I am. That self-elevation and that creating this godlike character for yourself. Right. Means you're removing your human, you're, you're removing your humanity. You're saying that I am not flawed, I am perfect. Yeah. So, how you cannot relate, you cannot have meaningful human connection because you cannot relate to other people who are flawed, who are human, who were connected to their humanity and God's purpose for, for every one of us does not have a standing alone. There is no man on this earth, no man, no woman, no child, no creation of God's that was created to be an island. None of us, God is a God of relationship. So you cannot have relationship with yourself. Even in, even in his sovereignty, God created, there is a triune relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. There is relationship, there is harmony. Someone that elevates themselves and detaches themselves from all human connection or all humanity cannot enter into relationship with anyone because their perception of themselves is that they are superior to everyone else. Therefore, the relationship is never truly one of, as you say, vulnerability. It's there is no real human connection there because in their eyes, they can't do wrong. And when they do something that appears to be wrong, it's fine because they're perfect. Mm -hmm. And while you were talking about what I was thinking about, and it goes a lot into people's calling or their purpose. God doesn't use people that haven't been through things. Hmm. Because how can you relate to the people that he calls you for? So if I'm supposed to help people with purpose, and if I haven't gone through a process, how I relate to all the stages that people will go through as they go through that. Yeah. In my eyes, I'm like, but it's other people doing that. And I don't have what that person had. And they doing it different way. He was like that. That's not what I asked you. 
all the stuff I I brought you through and led you to this point. Mm, yeah. And I led you to this point for these people that's waiting on you <laughs> to get to that point. Yeah. But through that process, we've had experiences that we then have instances where we need to forgive other people or forgive or allow God to forgive us. Well, not even allow God to give because he already forgiven us. It's us accepting his forgiveness to prepare us to do the work that we're trying, that we're supposed to do. Yeah. So if I'm, I'm holding and suppressing all these feeling this anger, this hurt, all this stuff from all the, all the journey of it, I can then walk into what God has for me next because he knows that if I carry that with me to the next step, I won't connect to the people right. Yeah. Because the people are going to have different personalities. They're going to have different things to say. Some people might enjoy the, the, the gift. Some people might not. Some people might have something to say about it. And I have to be to a point where I had a relationship with God to understand that it's not the people. You know, it's all about how I process my own stuff. And as I clear space of the stuff that I've been through and not clear it to the sense where I forget about it. We don't forget about what we've gone through. Yeah. But we don't have to be. We don't have to be a slave to our emotions about the past. Uh, you just, that was, that was an alley-oop right there. <laughs> <laughs> so go, go ahead, look. That was an alley <laughs> So I was going to say, I was going to talk about Romans 6, 17 to 22, uh-huh. where the Bible talks about how we are no longer slaves to sin. Mm-hmm. So, just when you said slaves, I was like, ah, that's that's it, that's it. The rock is coming. So, <laughs> so um, but through the through the gift, of, so the notes I have here, I, I, I've got. We are no longer slaves to sin, though. Um, through God's gift of grace, we have freedom from sin and have in, inherited righteousness. We are now slaves to righteous living, um, and our inter- inheritance is eternal life. So um, what, what I took from that was that our slavery to sin has us, has us trapped in a cycle of condemnation. Every time, because, because we haven't accepted the grace of God, because we are still fighting against the, the grace of God, we are trapped in this cycle where we are self-condemning and we are self, we are crucifying ourselves daily, not in a good way, not in that take up your cross and, and be buried with Christ and rise with Christ way. We are putting ourselves on the cross and dying, killing ourselves. We are putting ourselves on the cross. We're not being put on the cross. We're putting ourselves on that cross. We are, and we are, we are just repeating the cycle. Every time we do something, we then, we dwell on it. We allow that um, voice in our heads. And remember, we talked uh, a few weeks back about 
knowing which volume faders to turn up and which ones mm-hmm. to turn down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we turn up that voice that says, see, how are you going to do this thing when you can't even solve that thing? How are you going to go here when you can't get out from here? Mm-hmm. How are you going to go forward when you're stuck? You can't even get out of first gear you're, and, and, and God wants you to go into the fifth gear. How are you going to do that? So we turn up that voice of self-condemnation and we constantly beat ourselves down and we can't move past our sin because we are trapped by our shame or the shame of that sin. And when you said, when you talked about Genesis and um, Adam and Eve and they took the, tr- the, the, the apple from the tree, mm-hmm. the first thing they did was sew together fig, um, was it fig leaves? They sewed together leaves to make garments for themselves mm-hmm. because they felt shame to hide their naked form because they felt shame. Now, they didn't feel shame about their nakedness because they'd always been naked. So it wasn't that they were aware. It's not that they weren't aware that they were naked. They were aware that they were naked. I think what the Bible talks about is that they were na- their spirits were naked. Their spirits then became exposed. They then saw the, the wrong that they had done. And that, is, that was the shame that they were trying to cover up. So, um, because really and truly, Adam and Eve had been together for however long in the garden. Adam seen everything she got, she seen everything Adam got. There was nothing to be embarrassed about. There was no shame there. The shame was in in their failing, in their shortcoming. That's where the shame, that's what, and that the problem is once that shame is born, you know, what's that saying? Um, once the, is it once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put a cat back in the bag or something. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, I guess, I guess. You can't, once you, once you open the doors to shame, generally mm-hmm. you can't put that thing, you can't put it back. But, that is where the grace of God comes in because, okay, yeah, the floodgates might be open for your shame. God says, let it pour out, let it all out, let all that shame out because I have made provision for that. I have, I have shed, blood has been shed, a sacrifice has been made, an eternal sacrifice has been made. So you can, those floodgates can be as open for as long as they need to, for all that shame to come out, the blood is never going to run dry. So. Okay. 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 Uh, all right. So I'm, I'm going to start here. I got about, I'm going to connect the dots. Okay. So uh, this weekend I watched on Netflix about, there was a documentary about the Challenger uh, accident, explosion yeah, that yeah. happened. And so one of the things that happened, you know, at first everybody was like, well, how could that happen? How could something like that, that tragedy 
happened and nobody knew about it. As they uncovered it, you know, it was a meeting, a secret meeting between the manufacturer of, you know, the rockets and everything else and NASA. Because the temperature was so low at the launch, the manufacturer was like, look, we don't recommend launching tomorrow because it might damage, you know, the the equipment. But NASA wanted to stay on schedule. And so they influenced them to change their mind. And these are back door, you know, backdoor meetings that were happening. Yeah. Had other people's lives connected to it. They decided to go ahead and agree with NASA and say lunch. The next day, that's what happened. The catastrophe happened. From NASA's standpoint, they were like, oh, we don't know uh, with this and we built it not to fail. And, that. and so they went into the detachment. Yeah. The people that manufactured it were devastated because they had that shame of we had an opportunity to do something different and we yeah didn't. we we failed and now people died because of that yeah and so now they had to carry that shame around with them for the rest of their life but it was a lot of people in nasa that didn't have that same connection to it yeah they were like in in the exploration of space and moving forward, casualties will happen and things will happen. And if I had the decision to do again, I would do it exactly the same way I did it. Wow. So you have two sides of one event where both parties were involved, but one side really had that regret and shame and we could have did something we didn't. This side was like, we knew what, ha- what could happen, but we thought that we were going to be able to overcome that because we send people into space. So we know what we're doing. So you have an ego perspective and then a more humble perspective. Yeah. And so in our decisions, it's always a warning of what could happen. You want to do that, but this what could happen now we trying to warn you what could happen ahead of time but you have a choice Mm. now some people with that choice sometimes they will humble themselves and try and get back in alignment but some people don't because they're so far blind to it and they're so far in their ego that it's like yeah I made that choice and yeah I'm sorry that happened but I don't care and some of us can get too far gone from God to where we don't care anymore <laughs> about our actions. Yeah. And so then we don't care if what we do hurts people because now we've been so numb to it and conditioned to it that it's like, oh man, if I lose some money, that's fine. Oh, if it hurts some folks, that's fine. Oh, me. So it. They look in and people say like, yeah, but they knew what they were getting when they came in contact with me. They knew what they were going to get when they started talking to me. And that's how you get trapped. So some people get trapped by shame. Other people get trapped by pride. Mm-hmm. And you stuck on both sides. It's a different feeling with both 
but being stuck in pride may be worse because then it's, it feeds your ego. Yeah. And usually that position, you have yes men or women around you that help support that too. So you were wrong, but they're going to support you in your wrong. Yeah. Feed your God complex. And so then why should I ask for forgiveness? Because I'm above forgiveness. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a, that is a big statement. That is a big statement. For, to be in a position where you can feel I am above forgiveness is to, to me it doesn't it doesn't even register it, it's it's <laughs> it it's, sounds funny it sounds yeah, like it's, mi- it's mind blowing it's yeah. mind blowing yeah. so but one thing that came to and I'm not sure if you caught it yesterday when I said it but um, when we were talking about the premature birthing of purpose uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, um, be careful who you take counsel from. Because there are some people and there are some actions, and it's not just your your external influences, there are internal influences as well. Yep. That can yep. there are actions that you can carry out. Or there are external actions from your whoever you take counsel from, who you hang with, who you choose to commune with, that can force you, as it does with a woman, into premature labor, into premature um, a premature birthing in your purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, when we premature birth, a is dangerous for the for the purpose itself or for the, the baby. In this case, mm-hmm. baby is purpose. Mm-hmm. It can kill the purpose. It can kill the vision. Mm-hmm. It can kill the dream because it hasn't been through its full gestation period. And therefore it's not ready to, it hasn't received all the nourishment it needs. It hasn't received all the, um, antibodies that it needs to fight off infections or disease or anything like that. The things that it gets from the mother during that gestation period, it hasn't received all of that and it's at risk. And that's why premature babies, I was a premature baby. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, you're put straight into an incubator depending on how premature, premature you were. Well, so I was like, I was four weeks premature. So, I went into an incubator for four weeks after I was born. Um, it's a similar thing with, you know, and I know I'm bringing it back to the, to the, to the angle of forgiveness here, but mm-hmm. when we are, when we take a posture of pride and we are not willing to, when we put ourselves above forgiveness, we run the risk of birthing our purpose early. We run the risk of birthing something that is not only dangerous in terms of killing the purpose, but it's also dangerous to ourselves because 
in some instances, a premature birth could be dangerous for the mother. In some instances, if that premature baby dies, there is trauma. That trauma is not limited to the person, to, to the individual that has birthed the, the baby prematurely. The trauma impacts the father. The trauma impacts the doctor. The tra trauma impacts the midwife, the nurses, mm -hmm. the grandparents, the siblings, the, the net of people that are impacted by a premature birth is pretty big. So allowing that pride to creep in, to fester, to put us in a position where we are willing to take an unnecessary risk and not to, not to position or to posture ourselves when we make mistakes can result in us, because we're talking about purpose here and, and how forgiveness, how that self-forgiveness or that posture of forgiveness impacts our purpose. If we cannot accept God's correction when we need it, we cannot get in position. And as I, I, I said this yesterday, we cannot position, put ourselves into the correct birthing position to give birth correctly, to give birth in a safe way. We do crazy stuff and, and we birth something that, and we could kill what we birth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> so I, I, I thought about a different angle. So you were talking about like prematurely birth and you know, your purpose or, you know, gifting. What if we birth forgiveness prematurely? Ooh, I haven't thought about this. Okay, okay, school me, school me. Where, where are you coming from with this so, one? So, what if I'm not, you know, how something happens, somebody do something, and they're like, you forgive me? Like, mm hmm. Yeah. If I'm not aware of what I'm forgiving someone for, I don't know what that forgiveness does for me because forgiving other people has everything to do with me and not them. Yeah. So if I birth forgiveness prematurely, it can't really sustain in me to have the impact it needs. So somebody to just say, I said, David, man, I need a thousand dollars. And you're like, okay, man, I got you. Or you might, you might um say you're gonna give me a thousand dollars, and then you don't. And then I hold the grudge against you. And you're like, man, look, I, I meant to, but something happened, and you're like, I'm like, okay, it's cool. Like, it's okay, okay, you know, it's cool. Inside, I'm birthing something from that exchange. Yeah. So even though I say it, I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem, you know, whatever like that. I haven't then dealt with that. Mm. And so then that creates something within me. So because I cut that process off of really being aware of why I needed to do that for me, 
now some is growing in me that shouldn't be. Mm. I like this. So, I like this angle. So, so now I'm carrying baggage that is not even mine I'm supposed to have. Now that's just like you were saying, it's for it's for me to go forward, I had to clear that space out. Because when it's time for me to birth what I have, I need a clear path. I don't need anything restricting or complicating it because I can have a complicated birth. Yeah. If I have all this other stuff wrapped around what God is trying to birth through me. So that can choke choke out the nutrients that my purpose or vision needs by having all this other stuff competing, trying to grow and split nutrients. So mm -hmm. I'm feeding the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm feeding my anger and I'm feeding this and I'm feeding that. And so now what so so when it gets to the point where I am showing people say, Oh, you got some what I'm really showing is not really the thing that God is trying to birth. It's the negative things that yeah. I have. Yeah. That's showing on the outside that I haven't let go of. Yeah. And so because I haven't forgiven the other people, then now I I devalue myself too. So now I'm not worth anything either because now I'm mad at y'all and now this is growing within me. So now I'm bad and I'm wrong and I I'm not worth it. Yeah. Not yeah. Too. That funny enough, and I, I'm gonna try and find it real quick, but it reminds me of um, it reminds me of a scripture that, that uh, again, while I was researching, this popped up. Uh, where is it gone? Uh, so there, so it's Matthew six fourteen and fifteen. Mm -hmm. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive those to forgive others, your father will not, your father will not forgive your sins. So it's kind of reminding me about if we forgive, we give, you know, if we truly understand why we are forgiven, if we are truly birthing that forgiveness at the right time mm -hmm. what we do is we open we open the floodgates for our own forgiveness we open the floodgates for our own freedom we give we as you say we clear out the space mm -hmm. so that god you know god helps us clear out that space so that there's room to do what god needs to do mm -hmm. But if we are premature in that forgiveness, i.e. we say it, but we don't mean it, it's not coming from a, a place of um, understanding. It's not coming from a place of love. Because it, the Bible says, do everything that we should do we do we should do in love so if that forgiveness is not coming from a place of love 
then we can't open those, the, those floodgates can't be open for us to receive forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And as you say, we start, it's, it's like um, back to, to your emotional hoarding position. Mm-hmm. It's because the doors are shut, you can't take out the trash. Yep. So you start to stockpile the trash by the door. Yep. And therefore you block the door to the point where the doors can't even open. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a that's a that's a a powerful visual that, that that's just come into my head. I'm seeing yeah. I'm seeing these trash bags of unforgiveness piled mm-hmm. up against the door, wedging that door shut, and you can't open it. Mm-hmm. You're not allowing anything else through because you've got all this baggage packed up against that door, barricading it. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay, so <laughs> so I got I got I got a, okay. So you know we talked about the posture of forgiveness. Yeah. So I think this is another piece that people miss because they feel that forgiveness is a one-time thing. Mm. so the next thing is the practice of forgiving and so if you like you were talking about earlier it's like modeling that that action that behavior so in the scripture you know you gotta say you know well you know how often should we forgive our brother you know yeah seven times but 70 times. times yeah so just because I forgive once doesn't mean that I've gone through the whole process. Sometimes I have to continuously forgive because sometimes, like you were talking about with the trash, some days or some weeks you might not have a lot of trash. So it's not hard to take it out. Yeah. Some weeks you might have had to get together, you might have barbecue and stuff, you got bags and bags. So it takes a while to get it to the front. Yeah. Same thing with forgiveness. If it's something, it's an offense that really impacted you strongly or deeply, it will take multiple times of you taking that <laughs> to God and like taking it, taking it, yeah. taking it to where you decrease it and clear the space out. So and sometimes what will happen, you forgive someone for something and something else will happen that they do. And now you got to go through the process again because you forgave them for that part, but here come another thing. So I got to, okay, let me, okay, let me take this back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take this back out too. Let, let me start it back over. Uh, and so it's a continuous thing. So it's a yeah. practice. And so the same thing for us doing it for other people, that's the same process we had to go through with our with God forgiving us and us giving us giving ourselves that grace to really accept that from God. We might not get it on the first time. We might know it, but we might have to take it, you know, Lord say, I forgive you. Like, God, I, okay, I know, but I still kind of feel that a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to take it back. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to take it back. I'm gonna, because it, it might take a couple of times to go back and forth for you to get it, get a clear perception. Because when you said something earlier, and, I, and it made me think about what we had talked about last week after yeah. we got out the live about 
the glasses and having the right prescription. And okay, okay. And so it's when we seeing or we have things that we feel like we need to be forgiven from, we then see everything else from that lens. Yeah. So the same thing you were talking about with Adam and Eve, it wasn't the fact that they didn't know they were naked. Their perspective of nakedness changed. Yeah. When God called out to them and they're like, oh, let me hide. Yeah. For them, nakedness, it was nothing wrong with their nakedness because that was the state they were already in. So our imperfections then change how we see ourselves in relationship to God. They were just walking with, you know, they had a good relationship with God, but because they're seeing that changed their perspective of him and then gave them that separation. Same way with the with the song. And I it, it's one of my favorite songs, but I had sent it to you. The commission song running back to you. Yeah. Like if you really listen to the lyrics of that song, it's all about that forgiveness process about a person doing something that they feel like, oh, I messed up. God can't forgive me and how I run away from God when he's standing where he was <laughs> when I did it and I ran away. And he just waiting for me to come back. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why we talked about as far as, you know, those voices that we have. That's why that voice gets amplified that condemns you because the whole process is to get you to run away from God so you won't be able to hear him anymore. Mm. So the farther you get away from him, then like back in the day when everybody had like any time, you know, you know, the 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 minute plans and you couldn't call people after certain yeah. time. You know, you couldn't you couldn't freely <laughs> go around, you know, go around the country. You went to different places and you were roaming. Yeah. And then you would have to, you know, pay more, but then a lot of times your phone just wouldn't get reception. It's the same thing with God. God, you know, God got a 5G connection, but we distance ourselves so far out. Yeah that we can't hear and that's that's what the unforgiveness does for us it makes us feel that in our eyes we're already disconnected so now i have to go my own way because now god doesn't want me yeah because of my proximity to him and then the way i'm facing i'm facing so i can't see him so just like in the scriptures that they turn, you know, and face me, facing is the honor. Yeah. So like, you know, you're in trouble. Like when you was a kid, you didn't want to look at your parents in the eye. Yeah. You were wrong. Because <laughs> yeah, you knew so you were about to get whooped. Yeah, you yeah, you knew it. You wrong. <laughs> and then like look in my eyes. You're like, oh, <laughs> I know it. I messed up. I know it. You like look. I just want you to come and look at me face to face. Yeah. I got, look, I'm still here. Just look at me. But yeah. we don't want to do that. We want to go away and turn away. And he's like, if you just turn to face me, you're going to see where I'm at. Like, you're not yeah. lost. I'm where you, I'm right where you left yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. But you, you went because you felt that 
I, I wasn't doing this. I wasn't, I didn't have my arm stretched out for you to bring you back in. In your head, the voice was telling you, if you turn around, I'm ready to bring condemnation down on your head. Yeah. And so like, mm -mm, I'm gonna run because I, mm -mm, I know I messed up. He ain't gonna want, he ain't gonna deal with me no more. And that's the thing. So I think that's why that, that song is so powerful because it really goes through the whole process of somebody messing up and then realizing where God was and still is and way that, where they are in conjunction to that. Yeah. And uh, so I'll go ahead. See, I, I'm doing I'm doing a Dr. Johnson now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I got, I, got, I got like three or four points uh, connected to <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. This what look. See, this what happened. This what happened when you talk. When you talk, this what I got going on in my head. So, I um, I want to take it back when you said the process of forgiveness, the continuing process. What came to me, and and I, I might get my basketball facts a, a little bit wrong here, but. Yeah. If you remember when Shaq came into the league, mm -hmm. Shaq had a horrible free throw. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. And then as time went on, he got better. He, he, he was, had a decent average mm -hmm. from, the free, from the free throw line. And when they spoke to him, he talked about just continually practicing his free throw that he was in the gym just over and over and over and over and over again. And it's the same, you know, I said it to my, I said it to my, um, my eldest daughter that for me, so being a mathematician myself, mm -hmm. for me, I, I said to her, maths is not about, maths is about practice. Mm -hmm. The more you practice, the more you do the, the types, those same types of questions, you start to recognize it's like a muscle. You train it and you recognize the, um, you recognize which formulas you need to use. It becomes second nature to you. So it doesn't matter what angle they bring the question from. You already know that, oh, that's Pythagoras or, oh, I need to use whatever here. And what you know what, is required for each question because you've just mm -hmm. continually practiced. And that's the same way with forgiveness. It's, I know that there's been times when people have offended me and I'm like, okay, okay, I forgive you. And like you said, they do something else and you're like, didn't we just get past? <laughs> like, I just, I just got good. Me and the yeah. Lord. Yeah, you threw me all the way back. Oh, yeah, yeah so you, you do it again and you do it again. And, you know, so, you know, there were times, I, I remember there would be times when I would say to myself, am I stuck on stupid? Because mm -hmm. I keep letting these people do the same thing to me. But you have to recognize when God is working something in you, it's like God's, God knows when there is a little, there is something in you that he, he's like, no, that every time something like this happens, you're going to get triggered. And when you're triggered, you're going to go off and you're going to do something stupid. Mm -hmm. your, your tongue is going to go loose and, and you're going to be, you're going to start 
calling people out their names. And mm-hmm. you're going to do, you're going to go all the way off piece and do something, something nuts. So mm-hmm. rather than that, rather than me allow you to walk into your purpose and then have you have an incident and something that detracts from your purpose, we're going to work this out now. I'm going to allow these people to continually trigger that until you, until we file it away and we get rid of that blemish and we've got a nice smooth surface. And, you know, I was was thinking about, um, about Moses. Why did Moses miss his purpose? Because Moses, the, Moses, God said to Moses, that you are going to, you're going to take my people into the promised land. Right. But Moses didn't do it. Moses fell short. He stopped. He's, he died on a mountain looking at the promised land. Why? Because Moses did not deal with that thorn that kept coming up. Moses did not, he didn't resolve that issue with his anger mm-hmm. and you know anger is as you and you said it anger is one of the fruits of unforgiveness when we don't deal or we don't learn to manage that forgiveness process when we don't learn to accept forgiveness or we don't um, or more importantly, we don't learn to give forgiveness because until we learn to give forgiveness, we can't receive forgiveness. Just as the Bible says, Moses missed out on his opportunity because he couldn't forgive the people. He acted out of anger constantly. Even when God told him to go and do something for the people, he would lash out and he would do it out of anger. And because he couldn't resolve that, it stopped, he, it cut his purpose short. And there are numerous, numerous people in the Bible who had their purpose cut short because of their unw- unwillingness to change in a particular area. Their unwillingness to move and shift their posture towards God. They resisted and put up this barrier and instead of shifting and getting into alignment with God. So that was that one. And then um, when we were talking, uh, just, uh, I, I know, I can't remember exactly what you said that put me, put me back on, onto this bit, but it was, um, I was thinking again about David in, in the whole mm-hmm. story with Bathsheba. And, you know, when God, when God said that he was going to kill, he, the baby was going to die. David put himself into a posture of um, mourning and or, or basically pleading with God. Um, he put on sackcloth, he put on everything. Um, and he basically was didn't eat any food, didn't drink anything, and was crying out to God. As soon as that baby died, the moment David learned, that the baby had died. David got up, changed his clothes, cleansed himself, ate some food and drank. And his advisors were like, it says the Bible says his advisors were amazed. um, And they said, we don't understand you. 
While the child was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now the child is dead. You have stopped your mourning and are eating again. And David said, um, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But, when, but why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot, re he cannot return to me. Then it goes on to say, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan, the prophet, that they should name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of God, as, as the Lord had commanded. So David, in this thing, first thing, what, what was the first thing he did? He put himself in her position in a position of forgiveness in a posture of forgiveness secondly he accepted he's he accepted the punishment that came although he still pled with god and tried to position himself for god to let that cut pass him in the same way, uh, you know, I'm not comparing, um, I don't want to compare the, the two, but, uh, but in the, it just reminds me that Jesus said when he was in the garden, if it's your, w please let this pass me, but your will be done. In that same way, David kind of positioned himself and said, Lord, let this death pass and, you know, spare my child. But ultimately, let your will be done because once you have spoken it, you will not go back on your word. You are not man that you shall lie. So after that child died, what did David do? He accepted the fate that he had brought on himself. He accepted his punishment and then moved on. And that act of moving on allowed God to birth a new blessing in place of the one that he lost as a result of his sin and the acts that came along with his sin. So his, his posturing mm -hmm. allowed the birth of, of, a, of purpose because who was birthed off the back of that? Solomon. And when and and Solomon was just a different kind of dude. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the blessing that was on Solomon was a different kind of blessing. It was a he was a different type of dude, one that we will never see again. So being in correct posture and having the right attitude towards forgiveness. And having that contrite and broken heart and allowing God to renew, to renew your spirit puts you in a position that once that process is complete, the thing that is birthed is going to blow your mind. Okay. <laughs> Look, I've been rocking. I've been rocking. You've been saying so much good stuff. I've been rocking. Okay. So... Uh, I'll try to see what part I want to go to. I'm gonna go to what you just left off on. And okay. 
if I can get a, a way to get back to another point, I will. But if not, then it, it, it might be something just for me. But, <laughs> uh, so one of the things that stuck out when you were talking about how he changed his clothes, um, what it made me think about is a lot of us, even though we may have forgiven or said we have forgiven, we have we are still dressed in the thing that had died. Mm. So as we move forward, it's harder for us to go forward because now we have embodied the thing that God tried to end for us. But we continuously bring it along with us. And because we haven't changed clothes, we haven't changed the posture for the thing that he asked for us going forward. Yeah. So for me, and it kind of had multiple layers for me. So when I was still in school and in the doc program, I was counseling uh, college students. And then I was adjunct teaching in the evening. So my process would be, I would wear a clothes to work I would then get off work take a shower and change clothes so I could reset my mind to the environment I was going into right because during the nine to five hours I was counseling so I had to have a certain mindset for that but once I shifted I took a shower changed clothes I was then in teaching mode and I needed to have a separation between the two to then reset myself. And so a lot of people are stuck because, yeah, they're moving forward, but their mindset has not changed as far as the thing that they did. And so because that thing in God's eyes has died, it hasn't in our eyes. And now yeah. we're dressed in accordance to the thing that was attached to us and then when you were talking about with the practice of forgiveness and going back to Shaq Shaq had to improve it because they started team started to employ the hacker Shaq <laughs> method because it made me think about it. so like what what you haven't forgiven will be attacked. Right. Right. And that's a that's a tactic. So whatever area, like you were saying before, whatever area you feel like, man, how why do I always feel my feel like I'm getting back into this cycle? Is because you haven't forgiven that thing, that area, and it's being attacked. And until you strengthen yourself in that and strengthen your relationship with God, because he's the one that's gonna give you the forgiveness, it's gonna continually if if you're gonna get to the free throw line and miss fifty percent of them, then that's what the that's what the enemy gonna attack. Yeah, because they're like, oh, he might be able to shoot three pointers, he might be able to dunk all day long, but when I get him to this line, he gonna mess up every time. Yeah, so yeah, I got him, I got him, and so that goes back to the sin being more of a. It, it's just uh, it's it's kind of. Let me see. Let me get to my word. Imperfection. 
I didn't want to say it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be specific yeah. what I said. Because an imperfection is something that I can practice and work on. So it's not something that's outside of the realm of me doing something about. But I also know, too, that it's going to continually get attacked until I start to work on it and build on it. And one thing, and I'm going to say this, and I know you're probably going to have a whole angle, so I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to bank out from it. I'm not even going to unpack it like that, because I know you're going to go a place with it. So what you were saying, he had a choice, you know, as far as after the baby had died, he had a choice about how he was going to react and his perspective. What if, and a lot of people are, at this point too so i'm gonna say it and i'm gonna back off of it so what if he did it differently and then the forgiveness wasn't necessarily what he needed to do is he was angry with god and he needed to forgive god oh wait 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 let me let, let me take that let me let me take that in let me take that in. let me <laughs> let me let that marinate Oh, okay. I, because that is something that that is something that we do a lot of, mm-hmm. and it's funny because we've talked so much about us forgiving others. Mm-hmm. We've talked so much about God forgiving us. Yep, but we haven't tackled the elephant in the room mm-hmm. and you just you just pushed that elephant center, center stage <laughs> i told you i'll go i'll go say it i'll go like, back off of because i knew you're gonna go play there you go but so from my personal experience over the last few years anyway um and this is going to connect right back to what you said um, already. There were circumstances and things that I had done that changed my posture. And what I mean by that was I read my word, but it was routine. Right. I prayed but it was routine. The heart was not in it anymore. And the reason behind the shift in posture was because I was angry at God. I was angry because it felt like things were crumbling around me. And... I kept saying to myself, and it's funny because I posted something along these lines on Instagram today, but I was saying to myself, well, God, I'm praying to you to protect me. And I'm praying to you to guide me and to lead me. Mm -hmm. But all this stuff is happening. And I'm angry because this 
picture of perfection that I had built up was slowly being torn down. Mm-hmm. Or let's put it, let's put it, I, I say picture of perfection, but let's take it back to that article I sent you earlier. Mm-hmm. The idol that I had built mm-hmm. was being torn down. So I'm going to repeat that because I want people to be crystal clear what I'm saying. The idol that I had built myself in my life through my own works that I pointed to and said to everyone, look at that. Look Look what your boy did. (laughs) The thing that I pointed at and I was so proud of was being torn down. Why was it being torn down? It was being torn down because I asked for it to be torn down. That's the bit that I was missing. I prayed and said, Lord, protect me. Keep me away from the things that will harm me. Shelter me and protect my family. Allow me to run into your covering. Remove from me what is not of you, not my will, but your will be done. And at some point, God said, I, you keep asking me for this. You keep asking me for it. Your, your actions don't show me that you're ready for this. But because you keep asking, I'm going to do, because I am a good father, I am going to start the process of removing this idol that you've built up so that we can get back on track and we can get you into your purpose. So I had to go through a process and watch the idol being torn down. And, and what, you know, when you build an idol or when you build something up so high, you imagine it, it's in front of you. It's in front of your eyes. You can't see it blocks your vision. But once it's torn down, your eyes are looking straight up. You can see God again. And it's when you start, when your, when your perception is restored, that is when, so I'm going to, I'm going to say it different. I didn't need to forgive God. I thought I was angry at God. I didn't need to forgive God because God did not do anything that needed forgiving. Right. What it did was it turned me around Mm -hmm. to see that I was angry with the wrong person. I should have been angry at myself for taking, for not recognizing that I had built an idol. I should have been angry at myself see that I was the one that was taking me off course from my own purpose. So what I had to do was shift my posture to be in a position to say, oh, thank you, Lord, for, for helping me remove that. And by the way, thank you for forgiving me for building this altar of and this idol that I worshipped instead of worshipping you. So the forgiveness that was required there was actually me accepting 
the forgiveness that was being by tearing down that idol, God was offering forgiveness to me, but I wasn't ready to accept it and receive it because I didn't recognize what I needed forgiveness for. So anyone that's in that position where they feel they need to forgive God for something, shift your posture, shift your alignment, shift your focus and turn around because what you actually need to do is look in the mirror because that thing that you're thinking God needs forgiveness for is probably something you need to thank him for giving you for forgiving you for. <laughs> look, look, the offer playlist go, let's go to get the offer playlist going. The praise hands and everything. Because <laughs> that, that was just, ah, oh, that was good. That that was good. Because it, but I, I like how you started one place and then reflected back and showed people a path how they can start to shift that perspective because a lot of people that's angry with god all of us have been angry with god mm-hmm. definitely it's a process and it's something that i feel like is not talked about enough because it's a lot of us holding it and we don't know what to do and we don't want to verbalize because then people like no the lord, everything the lord do it and then yeah. you know, they, and so you like i know and and i know all things work together for my good but right now i I'm mad as hell. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I'll just, I'll just keep it in one hundred. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad as hell. That's Every, what I meant. Yep. Yeah. But so it reminded me of this song. Now song just coming to me for today for some reason. <laughs> but it's a song, and I hadn't heard it before, and I started listening to it maybe like a year or so ago. But it's by uh, Shekinah Glory. And, you know, they have some other more popular songs, but this is yeah. something I hadn't heard before. It's called Broken. And so it's, it's a part in the song where the singer says, because she sings it. I mean, it's a it's a powerful song. I, I encourage anybody to listen to it. But she gets to a point and the music kind of comes down. And she said, I didn't know the price of yes would cost me so much. Mm. And, and it basically... The song talks about people that's been called by God to do stuff. They in ministry, they doing all these works, and they like, God, this ain't what I thought it was gonna be. Like, you know, you got me all excited. I'm like, oh, I'm living for you, Lord, and I'm thinking stuff gonna be. Yeah. I and it's like, I, this ain't what I signed up for. <laughs> like, I, I I didn't know when I, I was like, use me, Lord. Like, this yeah. what you gonna do? I I might have just sat where I was if I knew this was gonna happen. Yeah. But like you were saying, it's not necessarily what God is doing to us. Sometimes we are doing things to ourselves that God has to correct. Now, once he corrects, we might not like the way God corrects us, but he's doing it because he knows where we're supposed to be. Yeah. So he's trying to shift us to get us back in position. But the us verbally saying yes is our free will. He doesn't force himself on us. It's the choice. And that's why it's like, you're going to say, and that's what people are like, watch what you say, because you just might get it. You, you might get yeah, it. Yeah. And if you're praying for these things, and that's why 
I can't remember what I was, but it just said like, you know, Lord, you know, use me, Lord, do this and that. It's like, you have to watch how you phrase things because the way God is going to do it may not be how you like it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be real, real specific now what you're saying because yeah. like, oh, well, Lord, I want you to bless me abundantly and stuff. Okay. Once you say that, the blessing might have to start with you losing some stuff off <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. So you have to watch your phrasing yeah. now. Or if you're praying for something, be prepared for it to be manifested in a way that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Because I then you will then get angry with God because you're like, I prayed for this and this is what you gave me. He's like, no, I gave you what you asked for. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to do it in this way to prepare you for the real blessing. This that you're going through is preparation. Yeah. This is training. You can't get this if you don't do this first. Like I said, that same thing. I'll, I'll make this point. Then I, I'll let you go. Cause I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, so just like what's happening in the NFL. So the NFL, because of, you know, the pandemic COVID-19, they didn't have a preseason. Yeah. The preseason is the, is the time that you get the people that might not get a lot of playing time. You kind of evaluate them. People that you know need some training. They can yeah, do you check out your rookies. Check them out. So now because of the pandemic, they didn't have a preseason. So the first two weeks they had, they've had a record number of people like tearing their ACLs or getting hurt and out for the season because they didn't have their preparation. Yeah. Now they know what they can do and they know their abilities, but because they didn't have that window of training, now it's tearing their bodies up. And so what God is trying to do for us is saying, I know where you're trying to go. I know where you want to go. I created you to do that, but you're not fully ready yet. Yeah. If you go into it now, just like you're saying before, that premature birth is going to hurt you and what you're trying to birth. Yeah. And now I got to repair you when you were supposed to already be whole going into it. Now you coming in hindered or or you have disabilities that you inflicted on yourself because you didn't allow me to fully prepare you. So I, I'll let you go. Oh, no, see, you, you, you're taking me somewhere else now. You take, <laughs> you, you completely taking me, taking me somewhere else. But, um, one thing that I did think about was, and I we're slightly off topic here, but, I guess I guess we're not. Our one thing, and you said it. One thing that is not talked about is us being angry with God, because we've all been there. But it's taboo for us to say it. Right. It's taboo to say that you are angry with God. It's that, but God is. God is a parental, a spiritual parental figurehead for us. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that I'd be mad at my parents because I didn't understand their decision process or I didn't understand what they were doing to prepare me or to protect me or to shelter me or to keep me safe or to provide for me. I saw it through my childlike perspective or my childish perspective 
And usually, I'm not saying always, but usually a child's perspective is very narrow and very selfish and very self-centered because they haven't had exposure to the rest of the world to understand that there are so many other influencing factors that determine the outcome of something. So we go into these things and we're angry at God because like you said, we have our expectations and we have a natural tendency to dress up our own expectations and our own desires as God's will for us. Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm going I'm, I'm to use it. And, and I know, and I know that I know Kev, I know Kev is not, this is, you know, Kev was just making a joke out of it. And, yeah. and I, I get, you know, for people that don't know Kev on stage, Dude is funny as hell. That mm-hmm. and you know, I know that this guy is super humble. So, but Kev, when Kev got in that Maserati, right. <laughs> it was like right. God wanted me to have this Maserati. But that is kind of what we do. We will go and do something. We will step yep. out of our lane mm-hmm. because we've allowed our ego or our ambition or people pleasing to, to settle, to set in and push us into doing something. Even if it was something that was for us, genuinely God might've wanted it for us, but not, not at the time that we've done it, but we will push something and we will then say, Oh yeah, but God, God wanted me to do that. And then when we do it or when we get that said thing, we're moaning because, oh, uh, yeah, God, I didn't know the car note was going to be 1700 a month. And then I didn't know that the, the, <laughs> the service plan on, on the car was going to be another 1700 yeah. And I didn't know that an oil change on the car was going to, be, was going to run me uh, $3,000 mm-hmm. or whatever it may be because it's not the buying of the thing that's the problem. It's the maintaining of the thing. And so it goes with a lot of things. Also, spiritually, the initial cost seems low. But the price you pay in the long term can be very high. So you, you either deal up front and pay the expensive price up front of dealing with your pain or dealing with your trauma dealing with your ego, dealing with your stubbornness and allowing God to keep the service cost of that low because you've dealt with it, you've prepaid up front. You've worked it out in pre-season. It's been worked, the kinks have been worked out of you. So there is less of a chance of anything going wrong going forward. Or you go crazy right at the beginning and pay that low entry cost. And then suddenly, oh, you're constantly injured. You're constantly needing servicing. You're constantly needing fixing. Mm-hmm. You're constantly needing something to be resolved in you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say this, and I know we're almost in time. So I'm going to say okay. that I guess we are closing things. So. 
what you just really described is the process of purchasing some through your own will and in motives versus being under God's warranty for you. Mm. So if I go and get a used car and it's outside of the warranty, it has a certain amount of miles, then I'm responsible for everything that goes on with it. Yeah. And the maintenance, the oil change, all that kind of stuff, I'm responsible for. But if I get something that God wants me to have, he warranties that thing. So then if it does have an issue or problem, I can go to God and say, like, hey, this right here is in the like, oh, okay, cool. I knew that was gonna happen. Okay, let me let me see what yeah. I can do. Let me work on that part. But because we want to do things at the time that we want to, we will say, Oh, I can cover that. I mean, I know it might cost a thousand dollars to get the brakes fixed if it goes wrong, but it, you know, I, I drive carefully and I don't put too many miles on it so i'm good and you know with the oil chain i mean i could pay a hundred or some every six months or something that's not that bad yeah and i can do premium gas you know it's okay i make a little money so it's cool i can do that but if we would have waited for god to warranty what he wants us to do then we don't necessarily we don't have to come through our own power yeah we can rest in him to do the things that we can't do because he already knew it was going to take a lot more coverage than what we had yeah and so now i don't have to worry about how things are going to get done because he already warranted it and yeah. then he and then he don't give me a bad warranty i get bumper to bumper and i get yeah. <laughs> and i you know he gave me the good warranty. I'm not getting like the four year, like fifty thousand miles. Like I got a hundred thousand and ten years, yeah, yeah, like that. And so he covers the thing. And the last, last thing I was gonna say when you're talking earlier made me think about it. Made me have a different perspective of leaning out onto your own understanding. It's not that we can't have our own thoughts. It's that it's certain things that we don't understand that God is doing in our life because he is positioning us to where we should be. What we do is we think and react and plan on what we can see. Yeah. God has foreseen what's coming. So his ways are always going to be better than our ways because he definitely have. We just know the next step. He know the whole path and the destination and everything else. Yeah. So that's why it goes back to that posture. If God, if we put God, well not put him, if we foresee him in on the throne, then we will act accordingly in our posture. So then our posture means we always have to look up to him Yeah. everything. And so if if I'm in a servant's role, the servant's role will have me to look up to the thing that I'm serving. Because I have to get guidance from the from the person that is in charge. Yeah. So if God is in charge, I don't have a problem looking up because I know what he is in in 
connection to me and i know my role yeah if i don't try to like stay in my lane if i stay in my lane and god is where he's supposed to be then he can make adjustments to my trajectory because mm. now he's seeing from top down but if i'm trying to put god down with me how can he see how how can i then be directed by yeah. him yeah because now i'm trying to then switch and i'm trying to drive and see where i'm going at the same time yeah like i'm trying to drive and be my own gps yeah that's it that's it someone has to i was gonna look for a way to say it but you said it what's that saying there can only uh, you know the, uh, too many cooks spoil the broth yep. there is and that's why you have you have the executive chef you have the sous chef you have the pilot you have the co-pilot mm-hmm. one per, only one person can take the reins and in our in our scenario in our situation for us to truly walk into purpose mm-hmm. the person that has to have the reins is the person that sees the bigger picture the person that sees the end, the person that already designed the end and knows the full extent of the vision and the purpose. Right. Man. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew we were going to go somewhere. I didn't know we were going to go here. We went. No, I I did not know we were going to go here. So... It's been, again, this is one of those ones where I think we're, leave, we're still leaving more on the table. Mm-hmm. And I think we probably will revisit this topic of forgiveness, maybe not from a purpose perspective, because there are other sides to forgiveness. There, are, there is mm-hmm. that angle of forgiveness um, within relationships and from a, a trauma perspective as well. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of us that, and for anyone that was hoping to hear something along those lines, you know, please forgive us. That's not what this, that, that was not the angle for this particular right, topic. Right. We were talk, trying right, to right, get right. you into your purpose, but mm-hmm. we will revisit forgiveness from mm-hmm. another lens because it is so important in so many areas. You cannot have success in a number of areas of life without having a posture of forgiveness. Um, it's a very important thing. So definitely looking forward to, to us coming back and picking up what we left on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's some there's some cards there that we haven't turned over that we, that need to yeah. need to be turned over, but we'll we'll be back for those. Um, so yeah. I just want to say, as usual, Terence, thank you for a very informative, very challenging perspective. And I, again, I love this, and I always joke about it, and um, but. I love the sparring session because 
Yeah. It's, it's that whole iron sharpens iron thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because th- there is always an angle. Even when I read the scriptures that you send me, I'm like, aha, I know where Terrence is going. <laughs> and then we start, we start speaking and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I missed. I miss. Yeah, it's just like it go, it, it go. I, I had all types of notes there. I didn't even text today. Yeah, I, I went totally different way. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I, I, I never get bored of these conversations because yeah, they go. Just you say something and it sets me off on a completely different path to where I thought I was gonna go, or yeah. like today we come across an article that completely shifts. What we were thinking, and um, or let me not say shifts, but it gives us that it's it's like we get that confirmation of the angle that we were thinking, and right. it helps us kind of just set that trajectory, and off we go. It's like it's got a life of its own, and we just we're, we're just on for the ride. We're holding on for dear life to, to, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. as it as it goes. So, no, I appreciate that. I love that. Like I said at the beginning of this, people need to tune into the lives. People yeah. need to get on board. People need to interact. And I know trying to resolve your purpose or your direction or um, find yourself seems like a daunting task. So my my word of encouragement to anyone that is in that position is start small connect connect with the lives attend some of the lives sit back you don't have to say anything just listen Mm -hmm. and take the information in um there are a number of workshops um and i don't want to use the term workshops but there are a number Mm -hmm. of classes that are going to be coming up and um you know i'm going to be posting them on instagram and and all those things facebook so anyone that's connected to the daily perspective instagram facebook um or my twitter or whatever those i will be posting these things but there are going to be a number of classes that you can take with iprogress that are going to help you help you uncover some of this stuff, help you deal with trauma, help you deal with the blockers. Because it's interesting that we wonder why we get stuck. We get stuck because there are things that emotionally we haven't unpacked. There are um, traumatic experiences and trauma doesn't necessarily mean something like um, something majorly bad, right. you know, trauma can be that as a child, you were constantly told no about something and yeah. it built this reinforcing message that something that you were not good enough or you right. could, or you were incapable. So trauma could be a number of things. It's understanding the emotions and how you react to certain things and what triggers you and learning to unpack that so you can become unstuck. Um, iProgress will be delivering so many useful resources and sessions that can really help you deal with these things. So get in touch with them, connect with them, 
definitely check out the lives. I will see you in the chat room because I'm I'm always in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he and that with, with paragraph comments every time. I was like, I can't even read all that. What you saying every time? <laughs> so I was like, oh, here go, Dave. We got his long, long paragraph up here. I was like, I can't even, I can't read that and then try to get to my next point. Like, <laughs> it makes it, it does make me laugh when I'm in, this, in, in there because I can see you. I see you yeah. smiling. Yeah. I see Kendrick smiling because Kendrick, yeah. I think Kendrick gets to read them all. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kendrick yeah. reads it. Kendrick starts smiling and you, you could, no one can figure out why he's smiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he controlled to put them on there now. So he, he controlled the comments that they come. He put them on the screen. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see him like I used to. I used to, be trying to do a whole lot more uh <laughs> during the live so yeah. i just i'm now just on on the screen now and i can just kind of talk more and, instead of facilitate and do i keep coming back i keep coming back to yesterday but yesterday was the first time that it was i noticed that the comments weren't going up as fast and the right. reason for that was because there was just so much information coming from all of you. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like the floodgates are open and everyone yeah. was dropping something. And I think Kendrick was trying to moderate the comments uh-huh. but at the same time. He was like, but I've got this to say. <laughs> and he, he dropped something back up from yeah. it. You pick it up, Jeffrey yeah. picks it up, Mel picked it up, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh man, yeah. this is this is this is this is going crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. it was fast. It was fast. Uh yes, we packed a lot in an hour. Like we packed about two and a half hours worth of yeah. stuff into an hour. It was like it went fast, fast, fast. But but yeah, we are working on the classes. Uh that's we wanted to have those ready about two or three weeks ago but we've been having to go through some software changes so hopefully by the next time <laughs> that we have a podcast episode i will have those links to give everybody yeah uh because we have really been putting a lot of energy and effort into it because we know especially now um it's a lot of people that won't be able to afford traditional counseling and a lot of people don't necessarily need traditional counseling but you do need practical skills practical things that you can apply to your life now yeah. based on what areas you're trying to grow in and that's just that's just uh our own personal growth everybody's in some capacity where they want to be better and we want to help people do that and we want to do it in a way that's that's engaging it's fun but it's also empowering so it's not yeah. heavy. You might be talking about heavy things, but it's not really to get you trapped in your emotions. It's really trying to help you get free from the patterns that are kind of keeping you stuck. Yeah. And give you awareness of that of how you can go forward. So so yeah, but I, I look forward to 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 the to uh, the daily perspective every week. Uh some topics they get me to really study even more. To get really have a uh, an informed perspective, yeah. So I like that, and it's something that we talked about offline. It's really, really been giving me a deeper connection to what I read uh, in the scriptures, and I can really see myself more in 
what I'm reading now, instead yeah. of just like you were talking about before going through the routine. Now I'm getting back excited about reading my Bible and really seeing, you know, what God is revealing to me through what I'm reading. Um, and you know, some of it is what y'all get. Some of it y'all don't hear because we talk about it. Some yeah. of it is in my journal and it's for me. So it's so it, you know, it's all different pieces. So as we yeah. getting it. We giving you a piece and we having a piece and we got individual pieces. So it's, you know, we just trying to, it's benefiting us. So we, it hits us first before it hits y'all. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so yeah. Definitely. I think yeah. so people get snippets of, of what's hitting me because it goes straight on Instagram and you might get, I, I give you, I give you a, a taster on, on, on Instagram, but to really get where it's going, you, you have to tune in. And some of the stuff that we talk, some of the stuff that, that ends up, it's funny. There are so many topic ideas that come to me off the back of the verse of the day. And if, if people aren't using the verse of the day from the Bible app, use it because it 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 start for me it, it is um it's a catalyst it starts off my i read that and it triggers something and then i find myself jumping through different scriptures to try and connect the dots there's so much in there to unpack but i will always give you when so you can tell when something is hitting me because that verse of the day gets posted and then you get a whole paragraph with it you, or maybe like two or three four paragraphs <laughs> but, but there are some future topics that are coming off the back of that and the, you know right now we want to run the course with purpose because I think it's so important um, because it's a journey that I am on it's a journey that Terence is on um, and we, we both believe so much in sharing um, what we're going through and what we've been through to help those who were trying to make the same leap and make the, take those steps. So yeah. as we've always said, connect with us on Facebook. Um, you can connect with me uh, via the Daily Perspective, www.dailyperspective.co.uk. You can contact me on Twitter at dydaily. Follow me on Twitter. You can uh, connect with me on Instagram at dydaily. Um, you can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash daily perspective. Um, and then you've got all the, you've got YouTube and as you know, the first platform that we were on, Anchor to um, connect with us but we are on every single podcasting platform we are trying to get you in whatever way we can so we want to thank you for listening we want to thank you for being here today has been a bit of a long one but it was definitely worthwhile so we will wrap this up the way we usually do and remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and a relationship between you and God. You are not and will not ever be perfect. Oh, so let me say that again. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect. <laughs> but that's okay. 
God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that, this is Mr. Daily signing off. Doctor signing off. I'll I'll keep doing it for you. (laughs) And then uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Take care of yourselves. Be safe and God bless.